0: We could be live now. I don't know.
1: Three, two, one. Hi. Welcome to the Enlightened Couch Potato Podcast and welcome to the Apocalypse.
0: Yay. I'm calling it. <laughs> what am I calling it? I wrote it down. What is it? The Stay Away Athon? One. Stay Away Athon.
1: The Stay Away Athon. I like it.
0: Yeah. Okay. What are we in? I'm in like day f- five or six of the Stay Away Athon. So I'm finding our live video on our, on our Facebook page. And I'm going to share that out. I I'm Adrienne Gunn today. Pretty sure.
1: I am Nicholas rave. And as we said, this is the enlightened couch potato podcast. Uh, we our mission here is to teach people how to watch movies and TV for maximum psychological and spiritual development. And what an amazing time <laughs> to be Talking about that very subject.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's possible that some of us have more time to be watching TV for all kinds of reasons. Respite, distraction, pleasure, holy fuck, boredom, whatever, whatever state you find yourself in. Or for whatever reason you're reaching for your remote or pressing your spacebar on entertainment right now. We want to help you TV it more deeply than you were TVing it before.
1: Not only do people have more time, but we need more psychological and spiritual development and support in this time too. So that, like you said, whatever reasons that people have for going to it, there are reasons for going to it. And that's one of the the main philosophies that I think you and I share is that movies and TV are the greatest form of storytelling ever created by humankind. And stories have been with us for uh, ever since before (laughs) the written word. Yeah, And those stories have given us support and lessons and solace and escape and um, all kinds of things that are incredibly valuable. Um, And I think they're really important right now.
0: So where we were in our couch potato journey <laughs> together in this That's podcast. Good.
1: That's good. <laughs> we had been
0: telling the stories of the movies and TV that made us. And we yeah. last episode, we were in sort of the pre-awakening and awakening phase. We've, we've talked mm. about having the sort of the phase of what is the phase called in psychology where you're becoming a uh, you're like osmosing all of the stuff. It's not in my head today
1: imprinting the
0: the imprinting years the imprinting and modeling years we talked about Mm -hmm. the shows that we that we watched in and the movies that we watched in the imprinting and modeling years and then I decided Mm -hmm. I guess for the both of us you could agree or disagree that the, the next phase is like I don't know 13 to maybe forever for some people is this sort of identity defining and redefining and and Mo- like the television that people just sort of watch to continue to support who they think they are.
1: Yeah, I, I could I place. could see it as childhood and adolescence, and then waking up, post waking up would be adulthood theoretically.
0: Oh, so you're still in adolescence until you until you wake up to power mean... of TV. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that an
1: analogy for a lot of things in life?
0: Are we talking like okay? This, so the second phase is your Peter Panning phase of television and movies. I watching.
1: like that actually, because then what is the point in that phase of watching stuff? Like you said, it's about bolstering your identity and sure. escapism. Escapism, like entertainment, if entertainment, the- pleasure. Thing you're getting out of it is entertainment. You haven't woken up yet. It's sure. not to say that entertainment and pleasure isn't important. It is. It's just that's not the only thing that's there. You're leaving money on the table.
0: Absolutely. And don't get us wrong. We have a high value for pleasure and entertainment. Oh, my God. I think uh, Nicholas's nickname is pleasure and mine is entertainment. Middle name. Nickname. I know <laughs> yeah. that the joke is middle name. Uh, but I think people just walk into the room and yell, pleasure, and you're like, that's yeah, yeah.
1: me. Uh, fair enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what were we saying? Yes, okay, so we were continuing. Waking up,
1: post-waking up.
0: I was starting this thing of, like, that's what we were talking about last time, and then a pandemic happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. How much has happened since last freaking week, right? We weren't if- even talking about this, and then all this... it's insane. It's crazy.
0: It feels like a month since we were last here.
1: Yeah. And it feels like we're in a movie like I am compiling a list currently that I'm going to post on the uh, Enlightened Couch Potato Facebook page. Uh, of, of all the movies you you shouldn't watch unless you're a crazy masochist like me, <laughs> including Outbreak and uh, Contagion and uh, one of my favorites, the Andromeda Strain, like Ooh. the 1970s version, not the Sci Fi Channel one. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. Well, and and conversely, I I am putting together a, sort of a, a feel a set of feel good movies, and when I say feel, like feel good, they're more sort of romps enjoyable things cuz i'm not likely to write down D- disney r- romancy feel good sure things. so <laughs> uh sort of like lighthearted weird humor Collection of things that if you wanted to giggle and c- kind of escape and remember a different time, a time when there was plenty of toilet paper, a time when uh, you if you sneezed or coughed because of an allergy, no one would throw anything at you or run screaming. Uh, you know, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, or if you're looking ago. for to, like, <laughs> live an experience of how much worse it could be. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: Baskin. Then you can watch my movies.
0: Yeah, so we'll put those lists up soon on the page. We also have new followers. We we, we have more than 300 followers on our Facebook Oh, 300?
1: Page. Well, we, we were shooting for two, and we have already passed three. That's fabulous.
0: That's pretty great. Yeah. All right. At some point, because we, we have more time to be typing in the digitals, uh, we'll have a website soon, and we'll be on YouTube soon. And those things will happen. But here mm-hmm. we are now. You're here. We're mm-hmm. here. Where did we leave on awakening? I. When did it start for you? I think I mentioned in an earlier episode that one of the deepest drop-ins was I was working with a spiritual and energetic coach, hmm. uh, somebody who. I just I just wanted my life to feel better and uh, she chapped, tapped me on the shoulder and was like, you know you can it can be bigger better than than just feeling better mm. um, And I started sensing and I think what I said in the last episode was I think I woke up to the to the idea that I could make everything sacred and make my entire <sighs> life a spiritual act and <sighs> a spiritual quest and so, when I was thinking about how to make... She had said she had dropped the bomb that she doesn't have to meditate anymore because she's always in a meditative state. Mm. She lives her life as a meditation. And I was like, oh. So I started washing dishes in a meditative state. I, tried, I started driving in a meditative state. I started dropping in deeper with my friends and this deeper connection. And so that spilled over into my television watching. And at the time, I was watching Xena Warrior Princess. Uh, I, I came back to it. And I don't know if she had prompted me to do that or if I remembered some episode or something from my past. Because I, when I was in college, I was watching it in real time when it first came out in the 90s. And then I went to college and I was too busy. So I, I think it has six seasons and I stopped somewhere in like three or four. So I had no idea how it ended. And I remember some of the themes that show up in this show. So this, the show is Zina, is who was a kind of rambunctious younger person whose town was attacked by warlords. And so she convinced her brother and the town to fight back. And a lot of people died, including her brother in that battle. And so she went the path of her town sort of like ran her out of town, and so she started becoming a warlord, and eventually started like raiding and and becoming a looter and a warlord and killing lots of people. So ten years of destruction and and power and reign and the the story where she comes from she shows up in Hercules, that show. And mm-hmm. her arc is that she goes from warlord to beginning a path of redemption. So the start of Xena Warrior Princesses is, is this rambunctious person who's done a lot of destruction, trying to do a day at a time, an inch at a time, a different battle, protecting new people at a time, trying to redeem herself. And in these early stages, she meets a young girl, Gabrielle, who is a writer, a bard, a storyteller, who also was just very, just like seeking the like pleasures and joy and travels and adventure of life. She's too just feisty for her town. So she wants Zena to like, take me with you. My town is boring. And so she's the more innocent character who over time, you've, you know, you've get, you've get a character that's going from dark to light uh, redemptive qualities and what that path means. And you have another one uh, who's an innocent who's now, her path is becoming a warrior. And these ideas in my own world of, I I have some years where I called them uh, my asshole years, and I usually call them my inadvertent asshole years, but I know that some of those moments I was doing on purpose. So I had both these colors of story in my, you know, the younger me, innocent, uh, that things happened to, and I had to survive them. And then the older me sort of hurt and damaged rambunctious uh and healing so as i was watching this show i noticed that a lot of my old stories and paths were sort of healing and i i felt i would watch the show when i would almost feel the entire room sort of disappear and expand and had this like tingly sensation in my body as i was watching this story and i felt very very inspired in addition to getting like healings as I was watching it, I felt very inspired to take up martial arts or boxing or fighting. Every time I watch this, I'm like, I, I feel like there's something in this story. Every time I watch a boxing movie or warrior movie or action, flick, something inside me lights up as, as it's a cellular memory or something. And I, I want to explore it. So I also started doing some martial arts and fighting and, and striking, like boxing striking lessons while I was watching this show and right now I can't give you a list of what I specifically healed but this show cemented this idea of what it's like to live your life on a spiritual quest on a journey Mm -hmm. for either redemption or a kind of codifying of a warrior thing and I don't know if I just invented that word or used it different but but igniting and, and gaining mastery of your skills over time. That's what the show showed me. And it was sort of a mirror of what I was doing in my own life. That was the Mm. beginning of my awakening.
1: So a lot of it was like living through the character.
0: Mm -hmm. Like her
1: journey became your journey and her breakthroughs became yours.
0: Both characters.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. It's not just the one.
0: there's a a deep deep theme of friendship and love and solidarity again in in a lot of my earlier things i I talked about how like brotherhood and friendship as the the most loving relationship that you can have like they Mm. would have yeah they're probably at some point they admit that the two are soulmates and that becomes a different story but they also had loves in the thing and their friendship was the strongest through point there. Hmm. So like owning this chosen family theme, which was a big, big thing in my own life.
1: Yeah. Well, see, these are the examples of like the specific, like you're like, I couldn't possibly list them all, but like some of them are like the warrior thing that you talked about, the purpose, uh, spiritual quest thing, Mm -hmm. the chosen family thing. These are like specific insights that you can point to that show as having healed for you
0: right and yeah. this deep theme of light and dark what does that mean uh innocence and innocence lost and this idea of self-forgiveness is a really really big theme like when 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 does one become like Zena's thing is like is she really a hero at what point does she cross over and then be, be like have her Rectify her past. That's a big theme in there too. Cool. What about your world?
1: Well, I, I think that the first time that I became aware that movies could be more than movies than just entertainment was probably the matrix. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember the first time that I watched that I sort of, I almost felt like I blacked out for the movie and I came out of it going, I have to see that again. What, what was that? That was <laughs> like, I'd never seen anything like it. I was, I was in an, an altered state.
0: Right. Um, yeah. But
1: even then I was still just like, that was just a really good movie. Um, and then I don't think it was until quite a bit later that I started examining the themes. And I actually found this, this website, just this dude's blog. Um, This is probably quite a few years later after I'd already started looking at the broad themes Mm -hmm. where he started breaking down the, the deeper themes and subtexts of the movie and, and putting some of his own interpretation based on his extensive knowledge of philosophy and mythology and particularly Hindu mythology, which is not something I knew about at all. And he was pointing out the level of detail this like subliminal stuff that they put in the movie that like for example most people don't know this but almost all the license plates and street signs have subliminal messages in them like most of the license plates are bible verses or page numbers and references to different literary works that you can dig into and that it will actually give you clues on how to interpret different characters and what's going on in the movie. And um, I, I often think about like, I don't believe that noticing the Bible verse is actually something people recognize. I, I have this theory that it has more to do with intention, Right. that simply because the filmmakers put that level of detail and intention in it, this is actually something you learn when you study metaphors in hypnosis, that when you have a, a part of your metaphor that has an intention, it doesn't actually matter if the client or the person under hypnosis knows what your intention is. It only matters that you had an intention because it changes the way you tell the story Mm, so that yes. they then they can feel that it means something like that. Uh, f- that scene from uh, Close Encounters with the mashed potatoes. <laughs> uh, no, you don't remember that?
0: <laughs> I don't know if I've seen Close Encounters.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so good. It, it's again, it's a, it, that, that one for interpretation is about that voice inside that says, follow your bliss. That's how I interpret it. Right, and it's, right, right. It, it leads people to this place. And it's like, everyone in the world is telling you you're crazy, but you know there's, a, there's something and you have to go there. It's freaking awesome. Nice. Um, so The Matrix blew my mind open. And I watched it over and over and over. Um, uh, but I, I think that I thought that movie was special. So there was right, another movie sense. I thought that it was like that these people are geniuses mm-hmm. and most movies aren't like this. This movie is unique and different. And I'm, uh, granted, I think there are some <laughs> movies that have deeper levels of subtext, but it wasn't until later that I started to open up to, oh, wait, there's a lot more. Can I can I share a second one? Yeah, 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 go OK, so this was a really important moment. And I, I feel like I shared this story before, but you don't remember it. So I'm going to tell it again. So I was I like scary movies um, and it took me a long time to get OK with that. I actually had a lot of weird judgment on it. Like I thought that I was like a psychopath or something for a long time because I liked scary, like disturbing movies. Um, it took me a long time and a lot of deep introspection to realize like, that's not what it's about. (laughs) Like it doesn't mean you want it to happen Um, just because you are watching this movie. It's different than that. Um, So I was watching this movie called the Babadook. Um, Some people think that it's pretty scary. Other people are like, that's not a scary movie. It scared the ever living shit out of me. Um, Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, I was watching it at, midnight alone because my wife hates scary movies and my son was like two at the time. So he wasn't going to watch. So I put everybody to bed. I sat out there. I watched it on my big screen in the dark, in the living room. And at the end of the movie, I was like, and I turned on all the lights. (laughs) And then I had a really significant, I don't usually share this part of the story, but I, I thought about it. And I'm like, I think this is relevant. It was like, I had this moment where I was, I was asking the question, is this movie actually deep or am I just over-interpreting? And so I started, I went on the internet, lights are on. (laughs) (laughs) I went on the internet and I looked up the writer and the director and the star and I looked up interviews and stuff. And I think it's an Australian made film. Okay. And um, I think almost everybody made the movie are women and um like the director the writer the star um and uh and i started listening to interviews and i just got this sense that i'm like holy shit i think they knew exactly what the fuck they were doing like i don't (laughs) think i'm over interpreting it i think they actually meant that to be in there right now there's an interesting thought there that i'm like i didn't want to over interpret it if they didn't if they didn't mean it. Because there was this thought that I'm like, well, I'm an idiot then. I'm just seeing stuff sure. where there isn't anything. And I wanted permission by looking up the, the, <laughs> the people who made it to be like, no, 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 it's okay for you to interpret this more deeply. Right. Um, so after I got that permission, after I was like, it gave me the sense of trust that I'm like, I can let this in. Mm-hmm. So then I started listening to this voice inside. And it said, turn out the lights. So I turned out the lights and I sat in my living room in the dark. And I remember I could, I could just feel terror. Yes. Like I can feel it crawling up the back of my neck right now, I swear to you, as I was just sitting there in the room, staring forward, I could see the shadows moving in like this. I, w- I mean, I think I was hallucinating. I think sure. I, I was full on. And I had this voice that kept repeating over and over in my head. It said, you don't have to be afraid of fear. You don't have to be afraid of fear over and over and over. And I don't know how long I sat there in the dark (laughs) feeling fear. Like, what does fear actually feel like in your body? Right. And I could feel where I felt it. I could feel what. And from that insight, that has led to, uh, a series of breakthroughs that i've had personally about recognizing how afraid of fear itself that i have been in my life and afraid of acknowledging fear like i'll i'll share this now and then i i want to make another video about this on on my own stuff at some point that i've been thinking about I had an insight on Saturday or Sunday that was about upgrading what I've been feeling from anxiety to fear right now about all this shit that's going down in the world. Yeah. And when I when I realized that I have heard everybody saying, oh, I'm I'm feeling a lot of anxiety. And I was saying I'm feeling a lot of anxiety. Something shifted for me when I said this is not anxiety. I am scared. Yeah, I'm afraid. I am scared about the future. I am scared about what's going to happen. I'm scared about the uncertainty of it all. And just saying that would have been absolutely impossible before going through this experience. And not only that, I wouldn't even, if you had asked me, are you afraid? I would have been like, no. And I would have believed it. I wasn't like, no, 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 I just don't want to tell them. I couldn't tell you is like after that experience i started going oh i'm feeling this feeling what is this oh that's fear yep oh shit i've been feeling that feeling all my life <laughs> yes and i have never acknowledged it before
0: mhm i relate yep
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's that's a good example of like a movie that i have no idea what level of of intention the people who created that movie but holy crap did that movie change my life in a yeah. really significant way and it was a visceral like I'm different now afterwards
0: yeah I that's fun my 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 side note on that is fear is an interesting thing I think I, I've talked in my own shows with Nicholas and I we have you have two and a half. You have two podcasts and another one coming. And I yeah. have two two shows that I do. And then we do individual videos. Anyway, we're put, putting stuff out in the world. So I grew up in boy world. I think we talked about this in this show. And I've talked a bit on another show. And one of the rules, if you read uh, Lewis C. Howe's Masks of Masculinity, it's an amazing book. Everyone should read it because masculinity Given the patriarchy is the the fun nickname for the the way that our culture sort of is formed here in the United States. Um there are these rules for how we're supposed to be. And and all of the genders adopt these rules because they masculinity was supposed to be the ideal. And and part Mm. of that is pretending that you know everything, pretending you've got your shit together, pretending that you don't feel fear. Right. Mm -hmm. So at some point in the adventure between Nicholas and I, before we started pressing record on this project, Nicholas started uh, embracing emotions and bioenergetics. And I was, I was thinking, you know, I keep hearing people say things about emotions being valuable. That's
1: weird. That's Uh, That's not what Spock told me.
0: Right, it just... Hmm, I'm on this journey of like wrestling and managing and controlling my thoughts and emotions, and man, me- I'm a mental ninja, fucking Jedi, right? And then I kept hearing things like, "Your ability to feel joy, is only uh, as as deep and as expansive as your ability to feel sorrow." Hmm.
1: Feel <laughs> like fucking uh, what? <laughs>
0: sure and so I, I I got a therapist who specializes in somatic like paying attention to your body apparently your emotions and your body are important both those things and that's what? not in the rules of boy code what? so yeah in the last few years and I kept I didn't I didn't buy into it I had this journey of like maybe there's something to this. And I stayed in, maybe there's something to this, like emotions and bodies are like good and should be prioritized world for about three, three years. I was just like, I'm just going to follow this rumor. I'm not so sure. (laughs) Cause mostly what happened is as I began to allow myself to feel feelings and pay attention to them and not push them away. Sometimes shit gets worse before it was excruciating. I felt, so many feelings that I hadn't before. And one of the fun ones in there was fear, Mm. which apparently I feel a lot. (laughs) And usually I feel it in the times where I'm like, I got this. Apparently one of the layers of, of the, I got this feeling that I have is there's some fear there. And one of the things that I do with fear is get like inspired to action. It's cool. It's a cool, it's a cool strategy. And yet fears in there. And when you feel it, man, just you're welcome. My you.
1: <laughs> yeah. My sister. Um, told a story to me once where she, she was explaining that she actually used to think that my grandpa was Spock. Oh, not that she thought that he was Leonard Nimoy, right? <laughs> he did kind of look like Leonard Nimoy, but she would see Spock on old star Trek the original series and go, Oh, that's grandpa. Because that's how emotionless uh, the men in my family. And I do think my dad stood on his shoulders and did a better job. He was better in touch with his emotions. Right. Um, and I I've been trying to do better. And I hope my kids, my boys, I have two sons at this point, I'm trying to teach them the importance of feelings by making it okay for them to have them. and even encouraged to express those emotions.
0: And one of the paths for me to feel feelings and allow them to happen was in watching television recognizing when i would feel yeah. tired and charged recognizing when i would watch something and I, I i would feel too emotional to do the rest of my life and so so but getting in touch with my feelings and allowing myself to feel feelings and recognizing that there were there were a whole like handful of shows that would make me sob like yeah i think it was glee and gray's anatomy would be my sobbing Thursday. And I would only, I tried watching those in the mornings and I would choke on my eggs because I would be trying to fight back tears at some point. I was like, I think I just need to watch this in the evening time when I can sleep it out, if I let myself cry. And now the adventure is I'm often surprised at when i just start sobbing uncontrollably and i don't even know why i think i posted on our site i was watching the flash the flash is not my favorite show uh and it also makes me grumpy when the flash which is not my favorite show i don't think it's the best executed show ever does make me cry uncontrollably <laughs> for no good reason. i've
1: cried at the flash <laughs> yeah,
0: there was an episode with grod this big gorilla yeah and uh, the gorilla was talking about redemption and freedom and, and wanting to not be in a cage. And I was like, oh, started sobbing and allowing myself while I'm watching these shows to actually let the tears come and sometimes pausing it to just continue crying and sobbing or like yeah, robbing or feeling whatever I'm feeling on my couch.
1: Yeah, was, that's a good technique.
0: Yeah, I, it's I been used- huge.
1: I used to not be able, the only way I could cry was watching stuff, yes, movies and TV. And, and in real life, it was t- the emotions. Like I came to find out that I was afraid of the emotions. That was the problem is part of feeling emotions is you have to surrender. And in order yes. to surrender, you have to let go of control. And right. when you're in this state of like, must not lose control, then you don't ever feel those emotions. But movies, one of the techniques that I've used that you sort of alluded to there is when you're feeling something and it comes up in a a movie or TV show, um, you can think of it like priming the pump. Mm -hmm. And there's something in here that's bringing something up, but it's not that that's making it. The feeling was already inside you and it's just bringing it up to the surface. So pause the show and let it continue like use that as a prompt that just brings it up pause what you're watching and then surrender to the feelings like there's a a a really useful phrase that i love don't force it and don't fight it yeah don't force it don't fight it just surrender to it let it run its course and when you're done you'll be better for it because it's out of you and you're now more flexible and less afraid and then you can turn the show back on
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah. So I want to bring up right now, paying attention to the time that we have for today.
1: Mm, Yes. Thank you. One of
0: the biggest transitional moments for me around recognizing and I'm I'm making things sacred, making more things spiritual, accepting that I am on a spiritual quest and all of the aspects of my life include that the, the cementing moment for me was when I watched the Avengers. I, I, I sometimes, some of the themes that I am drawn to in in movies and shows are the themes of these weirdos, outcasts, powered people, somehow different from the rest of society, getting together, coming together. So this is like Buffy and and Xena and The Magician. Harry Potter to a
1: certain extent, yeah.
0: Yeah, so the Avengers was this moment in my life when I, I just learned NLP and hypnosis. I've become a master practitioner. Maybe I saw it before then, but I was on this path of, of weird. Uh, Nicholas, the, one of the first things that I ever heard Nicholas Rave say, I was in San Diego in 2013 and he was the like warming up the room trainer. And he, was, he got up and he's like, do you know... That because you're here, that means you 're weird. <laughs> you know that, right? every single one of you in this room is completely weird, and that 's what we have in common. It was some sort of speech like that, and so the Avengers was one of these moments where is where the whole the whole impetus behind the Avenger, is it the program initiative? The Avenger initiative is that at some point our world is going to face a challenge that's so big it's going to need all of the powered people to show up. And I think it's a perfect time for us to talk about the Avengers because we're in a pandemic where we yeah. all have to show up together separately, alone in our houses to, to uh, show up in the face all of the weirdness that we have. Find your
1: superpowers. That.
0: Yeah, and so I was going out on an entrepreneurial pursuit. I was, I was had these new tools. I was feeling superpowered, and here was this show that that called to me on this adventure of helping to change and heal and save the world. And I felt called in that moment too. I like, I remember leaping. I think I saw it at home first. I, I remember leaping up and cheering, and I. After watching that movie, also the fun, sad story about me is the moment I've got all of my tools, my body just collapsed. Uh, Mm. Like uh, Adrenal fatigue, dizziness, like a whole year of a health, you know, like combining health challenges for me. So I'm like, I'm super powered. Also, I feel ill. (laughs) So I, I was feeling motivated, even though very, very tired, uh, to this call, and it was a big freaking deal for me. And so I, I actually decided at that moment that I was going to watch action films in the theater, and I started going to all of the opening nights at the like the trendy theater in town where people would like cro- cosplay and dress up because I wanted to reinforce this answering the call to show up in life differently and show up in service to others. And that was the movie that was like, I'm all in. That was the one that just, yeah. And it's kind of the, it's kind of the arc for a lot of the characters in the movie too, is whether they're Mm. going to join forces together for the good of the world.
1: I had a really significant experience with that movie too. I remember jumping up and cheering, um, but I was in a movie theater and my, my, my wife was not pleased. <laughs> mm. uh, we were in the South at the time though. So I feel like it was a little more culturally acceptable to, to <laughs> shout at the movie Damn. screen. Yeah. 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 But at one point I remember going, fuck yeah. Yes, and then too. she was, she was like, there's kids in here. And I'm like, Oh, sorry, but mm-hmm. I couldn't help myself. I was yeah. so excited. It was like the movie movie. It felt like my brain had written the movie without my knowledge. Yes. (laughs) Like, it was like, this is
0: perfect. (laughs) So many things are just beautifully Joss Whedon in there. Yes. So many things are just beautifully... I think you and I were talking about the moments with the Hulk showing up as being these moments. We're like, fuck yes! Redemptive. I don't know if that was... I mean, that for me, that, that movie was... The turning point of just like, okay, I'm putting on my cape. I'm part of this team. And I started for years trying to think of, I really, I really got so inspired by it. I wanted to do some sort of movie project or something around superheroes and entrepreneurs and, and how, how we can learn from one journey or the other. Cause they're very similar mm-hmm. to like the origin stories and what it takes to become the whatever you say you are out in the world which is why some of my branding if i have any branding at this point has a kind of like tough girl superhero vibe in it because it's just it's part of what what calls to me
1: Hmm. well we should continue that conversation because i have some ideas that are percolating as we're talking about this um do we want to keep going with movies
0: Sure sure what what is well what are the themes of awakening for you and how you've shown up and how you've chosen chosen the movies you have
1: well i mean when it comes to choosing the movies it's a pretty un, what i watch on a given basis it, it it's a pretty um unconscious strategy for me. And it's very kinesthetic. Like in Mm. a sense, I just kind of go with what I feel like. And there's times when I'll be like, Ooh, I really want to watch this. Sometimes I'll be like, I don't know why, why, why I want to watch this, but I do. Sometimes I'll be like, eh, I'm not feeling it even for something that normally I really dig. And I've just sort of learned to trust that feeling. Like to me, that, that is your bliss speaking, Um, And it's telling you what to watch. And if you trust it, it'll guide you in the right direction. Um, And it's, it's more, I mean, I'm sure I could identify the feeling at a deeper level if I really got specific on it, but it's pretty much just a a feeling like this. mm, No, this. mm, Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, and
0: I want to point out that that, is perfectly fine. If we're teaching how to watch movies and TV in this particular new way, you don't actually have to have a strategy or an intention or find a specific movie for something. When you go into the state of allowing the show to move you and to allow you to feel changed in a useful way, just going like, oh, this seems good is enough. Because when you're in the state, it's going to, it's going to have gifts for you. Even if you don't have like a, oh, I'm watching it for this reason, or this is what I want.
1: Um, I think that one of the keys that I've identified to waking up, um, uh, as far as movies go, Mm -hmm. uh, well, maybe it's true about any kind of waking up, um, is uh, there's kind of two aspects of it. One that we've already talked about is having an intention. So one of the things that I experiment with, like you, you're, you, you asked about like post waking up strategy. So one mm-hmm. of them is having an intention. What is my intention that I want to get out of this? And what's profound about setting intentions is that your unconscious will do whatever it can to fulfill that intention. So if you just say, here's the thing that I want to get, here's the thing I'm struggling with. Here's the thing I'm working on. Um, I know some people do this before you go to bed. It's a very powerful technique. Have a sticky note and you just like ask a question that you want to think about and come up with an answer before you go to bed and set it beside your bed, go to sleep. And it is absolutely incredible how much processing on that question you will do well your unconscious mind will yep. do while you're asleep. If you ask the question and you wake up in the morning and then you look at it again, there will be answers to the question that you didn't come up with. Mm-hmm. They just happened while you were asleep because that's what your unconscious mind does. That's now
0: the more detailed can, version of sleep on it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah you can do steps. Sorry. You can do that same thing with movies. Mm-hmm set an intention and then watch a movie and your unconscious will be like, I can work with that. <laughs> now, sometimes you can set the intention and then be like, what do I need to watch to fulfill this intention? And then you'll be guided to something. Mm-hmm. Um, so setting an intention, another big one for me that I sort of realized recently is very simply examining why you liked the things that you do. Now, I do think you got to be careful with this because it can be a little bit like dissecting a joke or a frog, you know? Yeah. Like if you dissect a joke, it's not funny anymore. Um, but you don't need to be worried about losing the value or the enjoyment of a movie or, or something that you love just because you examine it. The key is to recognize that this is part of why you like it, but not all, some of why you like it, you will never be able to put into words and you wouldn't want to, you want it to be mysterious and like, I don't know. I just, I like it. I don't know, but you can (laughs) identify parts of why you like it. And the deeper you go with that, the point of asking why and examining why you like it, not just being like, I don't know. It's cool. is like, it's an unexamined life. Mm -hmm. Um, examining why you like it and going, well, that's not good enough. Why do you like it? What do you like about it? What are you getting from this? And why this specifically is that you start to get, you can actually get more of it when you become conscious of what you're getting out of it. And then you can find other places where you'll be watching something and you'll be like, oh, there's that thing that I love about those other movies. And it's here too. And then every time you see it, it gets reinforced and you get more and more out of it.
0: You're talking about the pleasure loop. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put it. We should teach people at some point how to uh, increase their pleasure loop. Of the mm-hmm. things that they already mm-hmm. enjoy because when I have mentioned this possibility that you can watch tv with a higher intention and use it as a as a tool for transformation people are like oh no I don't want to I mean I just want to relax I, I just want to enjoy tv and I was like and it will increase your enjoyment of the television that you're watching it is not that is not something like the the strategies that we're teaching that we're talking about here allow you to to more deeply enjoy what you're watching you had a specific movie I remember. I don't know if that was the one that you wanted to talk about. Uh, Inception was that yeah, the one you were Yeah. Let's talk that about on? that one.
1: It was. Well, I mean it could be. So <laughs> <laughs> Inception was another movie that was very significant. I don't remember when, I mean I watched it in the theater. I don't remember when it came out. I don't remember if it was before or after the Babadook. Duke. But this one was one it was it was the first time that I really got that movies are hypnosis movies are hypnotic and uh because i'm a trained hypnotist and one of the things that they do in that movie is they take a very specific and well understood hypnotic technique called fractionation it's Mm -hmm. this idea of um uh, And and open loops is another uh, element of it. So it's this idea that when you're hypnotizing someone, you're telling them a story and someone is engaged in that story. And then as you're telling that story, at some point, you cut that story off or you leave that story and you transition to another story. And then that story is unfinished and it's like some part of the mind is preoccupied by that first story. And it's going like, but wait, what was happening to, Oh, okay. All right. I'll, I'll go on to the second story with you. And then you can open another loop and another loop. And each time you open one of these loops, the person goes deeper into a trance. And I've never seen a movie where a hypnotic technique was so overtly utilized And not only that, but it was integrated into the story structure, which this idea of each one, you go deeper. So I'm not even sure. I I suspect he probably does, but I'm not even sure if Christopher Nolan knows about that hypnotic technique or process. He doesn't necessarily have to, because what he was just trying to do, like he may have stumbled on the technique just because he is a student of movies.
0: Right, yeah.
1: And a lot of people have said the metaphor of that uh, film is that it's about movies, Mm.
0: Um, that
1: the the metaphor, uh, at least for him, uh, is that it's about like there's a character, the architect is like the writer and there's another character who's the director. And then it's about implanting a seed in someone's mind, which is about the most hypnotic concept you can, it's such a good example. And, and that really made me kind of wake up to this idea that good movies are hypnotic, period. Yeah. And, and whether that hypnosis is laughter or fear or, um, or love or, or triumph or whatever that feeling is, if you're feeling something, you're hypnotized. and uh, and, and that idea of like taking an idea and planting it. And then you start thinking about what is the seed that's being planted by other movies? Um, And are, is there multiple seeds being planted at different times and how much is your guard down when you're letting all that in?
0: Yeah. Well, and essentially if we were to wrap up this series of the movies that made us, we're talking about the fact that every single movie that we have seen in our entire life planted a seed that grew in us, a you and I and a you watching that those seeds and ideas and concepts grew inside you and they have become part of our culture. There's this living, living metaphors that, that exist within us that are also our, our stories. These are our, you know, cave drawings. These movies yep. are the things that we leave behind and live beyond our lifetime. I guess that's a period. There's a period at the end of that sentence. <laughs>
1: I mean, stories from a linguistic perspective go even deeper From because w- when you think about it, your brain is a storytelling machine. Mm -hmm. that is its function to to take a rock and put it at the top of a small hill and set it down and then to see it roll down your brain is making up a whole bunch of stories and it's and it's like oh when I do this this happens well that's a story everything that you believe is a story that you tell yourself and human beings have been I mean, human beings are not the only ones who even tell stories. Animals tell stories, too, in different ways. um, And they're certainly not as complex. But that some people theorize that one of the main things that separates humans from the rest of the animal kingdom is our ability to tell more sophisticated stories, which allows us to learn through uh, other means other than uh, living it. (laughs) someone can tell you I went over this way and I met another tribe and they are cannibals and we shouldn't go over there or I went over here and I found a watering hole where there's only herbivores and they're not going to eat you those are stories that you can tell that are really important to be able to tell
0: (laughs) yes uh yeah it does seem pretty useful to be able to to impart the wisdom of don't, uh, don't go where they're going to eat you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good function of our brain. I'm pretty, pretty thrilled about that. Plus the ability of our brain to hallucinate. Is that something that happens in other animals? Can we tell? I don't know if the sciences, do you know about this? Sometimes you know things.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they've shown that some birds have, can contemplate the, the idea of zero. Huh. So uh, w- counting is, is a fairly simple-ish complex. There's a lot of animals that can figure out basic math. They can figure out at least things like, this is more than this. Yeah. Um, but some of them can actually do full-on math. Certain birds can actually I- identify the idea of zero. Um, you can look up some YouTube videos on this. Right. And zero is a really abstract concept that necessitates a level of, of, um, capacity to, I think, hallucinate. I mean, it depends on what you mean by hallucinate, but some, some people would argue that you can't do anything without making a picture of yourself doing it first, um, or seeing yourself doing it first in some capacity. So you, it might be that animals can do that too, that, um, uh, and and then as far as like dreams, we know that animals dream. Yeah, that's true. Um, and we know that um, certain parts of their brain light up when you uh, when you show a dog something that smells like their owner, even when their owner is not around. Certain parts of their brain will light up. Will light up that light up when their owner is around. So that at least there's an association there. It depends on what you mean by hallucinate. Maybe sure. they don't have a picture of their master that pops into their head when they smell that, but there's still, I mean, you can hallucinate olfactorily, (laughs) you can hallucinate (laughs) smells. Um, Oh
0: yes. Yes. I mean, we've
1: definitely all experienced that, I think.
0: Yeah, this is how I, this is one of the ways that I continue to not drink, is that sometimes when somebody has an amazing drink, I will ask them if I can smell it. And then I will take on remembering how amazing it was to drink such a thing. And then my body remembers, oh, that's when... When I would smell that, I would then drink it. And then I would feel like this.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's a good one.
0: Yeah, that's a drunk
1: trance. Yeah, (laughs) I can do that with hypnosis for people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's my that was my first self-hypnosis. Well, not my first intentional self-hypnosis. We always are hypnotizing ourselves in and out of things. So, okay, last last minute. Yeah, we're wrapping it up. Last minute. So if. In this beginning, early stages of this amazing apoc- apocalyptic pandemic, s- stay, what did I say? What did I say? Stay vacation. away-a-thon.
1: Stay away a Stay away a
0: How do we, how does someone begin to wake up? How do we begin to wake up? What's the first step for right now? Just, just, just uh, do the, do the bits of ask your unconscious or tell your unconscious what you need and have it light up a movie for you? Does that sound like a first homework assignment?
1: I think the first thing is to entertain the idea that movies and TV can be more than what you've ever thought. Opening yourself up to that idea and then getting curious about why do I like what I like Mm -hmm. and um, and to sort of install this trust that there is a reason and that it's deeper than you think. There's something you're getting out of it that you don't even know what it is. And maybe there's something deeper than you ever will be able to know. Um, You can examine it, but ultimately this trust that, you're not just wasting time. You're not just lazy. You're not just procrastinating. You're not just whatever the things are that we tell ourselves that cause us to tense up and um, and not fully receive what is possible to receive from something. So that's part of opening your mind into that. <laughs> yes. Receptive trance state. Mm-hmm. Um And then get curious, get curious about, okay, what am I trying to get from this? Why am I being drawn to this right now? Um, And then I guess the advanced step beyond that would be set an intention and watch something and see what you get from it, because that's a slightly different way of doing it. One is more open and receptive and just, okay, teach me something. I don't know what it is. But then you can ask a question or set an intention Um, What do I want to work on? I want to have healing around this thing. I want to heal my stress and anxiety and fear right now and then ask, okay, what do I need to watch? And maybe it's one of Adrian's feel-good movies. Maybe you need to watch Contagion or The Andromeda Strain.
0: (laughs) Right, and the other thing right now, right now, I'm not sure who you're watching us and I appreciate that, who you're surrounded by. In my world, many of my friends and humans are talking about how we can utilize this time. There's a bunch of lists of like, what you can be doing right now. If you are drawn to and you wanna watch movies and TV, One of the the intentions of our podcast, of our adventure, is please do. Watching movies and TV right now is the best way that you could be spending your time. Yep. Say yes to that. If you have the impulse to say, fuck it, everything else, and watch movies and TV, do that because your movies and TV are going to unfuck your everything else.
1: We give you permission to see movies as a meditation. And to no longer think instead of watching this movie, I should be meditating or whatever else that it is that you feel like you should be doing now, I'm not saying like if you have shit that you need to do, go do it. <laughs> but also make time for yeah. the movies because they are a powerful spiritual tool.
0: All righty. That is our today. That is our right now. I uh, appreciate you being here. Thanks we don't sequels. still don't
1: have a sign off. So I uh, couch potato. TV deeply. Go TV deeply. Mm -hmm. Go
0: TV deeply.
1: (laughs) All right, folks. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.